Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well. Because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce my first book is now in print. The title is Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. I've discovered 14 root causes of fatigue. I like to call them the fatigue factors. And in this book, I explain eight of the 14. I've had some amazing feedback on how easy it is to read and understand. It's not full of technical doctory language like most books written by doctors are. And of course, the book also includes my own personal fatigue story, along with four other stories from real fatigue cases from my private practice. It's available in paperback and Kindle form, so if you'd like a copy, you can find it on Amazon or on my website, www.drcarry.com. That's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. I'm so very excited about this week's show because my special guest guest is someone that I greatly admire. Her name is Dr. Kate Rayom Bleu. Let me tell you a little about her. Dr. Kate is a renowned expert in the field of naturopathic medicine. She is the leading authority on vitamin K2 and the author of the book, Vitamin K2 and the Calcium Paradox, How a Little-Known Vitamin Could Save Your Life. Dr. Kate, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. You're welcome, Dr. Carey. I'm really glad to be here. Dr. Kate, so I wanted to ask you first off, are you French? Uh, well, I'm born and raised in Montreal, and yes, French on my dad's side of the family, hence the names. But, um, you know, I grew up in a fairly English-speaking neighborhood, and my mom was British, so. Okay, so so your practice is down towards Toronto area, and my mm-hmm. practice is in Ottawa. The reason I ask about the French connection is that, well, first off, I'm an American living in Canada now for 19 years, and I actually married a French-Canadian who is French first. Right, very good. And, of course. Ottawa, as you know, but many of our listeners probably don't actually know that Ottawa is a bilingual city, French and English. That's right. And and I would think you have to be, well, I guess you can get by in one or the other, but, you know, would have to have a working knowledge of both. Yeah. So I've had to get my, you know, cut my teeth on the French language. And, and it's just interesting how the world works because I had to learn French when I was in grammar school. And then I learned four more years when I was in high school. And I was like, what am I ever going to need this for? <laughs> and then here you go. Comes in handy. Comes in handy. Like you never know what the universe is going to bring. 
So, Dr. Kate, I wanted to talk to you today because um, you came highly recommended by one of my other podcast uh, guest experts, and nobody is really out there at all talking about vitamin K2. In fact, I bet there's a lot of our listeners who have never even heard of vitamin K2. So, first off, let's just talk about calcium because... Most people know calcium. Most people are taking calcium supplements. So can calcium be harmful for us? And what do you mean by the calcium paradox? Well, the calcium paradox is this idea that we do need calcium in our bodies, of course. And we usually have a fair amount of it circulating in our bodies. We need it primarily to be in our bones and in our teeth and a little bit in our bloodstream. But when calcium ends up landing in soft tissues and other areas that shouldn't, like our arteries or uh, kidney stones, it can be dangerous and even deadly. So that's, that's the calcium paradox. And vitamin K2 is a nutrient, quite simply, that will take calcium and guide it throughout the body, directing it to where we want it and keeping it out of and even removing it from areas that we don't want it. So calcium is a concern. Uh, we, we need calcium, but we need it in the right places. Okay, so what exactly does vitamin K do? Let me say that again. What does vitamin K2 do in the body? It does a few different things. Basically, it activates a set of proteins that are always in our body. They're circulating, but they don't really do much until K2 comes in and basically turns them on. And once those proteins are activated by the vitamin K2, they will take calcium and guide it into your bones and teeth to strengthen your bones and teeth. They will also go and find calcium and take it out of soft tissues like arteries and um, blood vessels and uh, kidney stones, those kinds of things. And it actually does a few other things in terms of uh, cancer prevention and protection and insulin sensitivity, making it important for diabetes. So it has several roles in the body. So if vitamin K2 is so important, how come it's been overlooked for so long? That's a really good question uh, because it certainly is a nutrient that is as important as vitamin D. And we've heard so much about vitamin D. It actually works in conjunction with vitamin D. But yes, it's, it has been overlooked and uh, you still don't hear very much about it. Your, your listeners will be among the first to hear about this nutrient. And that is primarily due to a case of mistaken identity, actually, when vitamin K2 was first discovered back in the 19, uh, late 1920s. It was assumed to be something else. Basically, there's another form of vitamin K that comes from green leafy vegetables, and its role is in blood clotting. That's vitamin K1. And if anybody has heard of vitamin K, they may think of green leafies and blood clotting, and that's all K1. Vitamin K2 is very different. It's not found in green leafy vegetables. It doesn't affect our blood clotting, and it's very easy to become deficient in it. So it's an important nutrient that was overlooked basically because of this mistaken identity. So then where do we get K2 from? This is an interesting question. There are two main food sources of vitamin K2. One is animal food. So this is a fat-soluble vitamin. So you'll find it in 
egg yolks and butter and the fat and organ meats of animals, but more so when those animals are out on the pasture when they're grass fed. So for example, a regular egg yolk has a smidgen of vitamin K2 in it, regular store-bought egg, but a grass fed egg uh, the yolk from that egg will have four to five times the amount of vitamin K2 in it. So that's one source. And of course, when we removed animals from the pasture and started to focus on grain feeding, that really eliminated vitamin K2 from our diets. The other main food source for vitamin K2 is fermented foods. Not all fermented foods, but certain ones, it depends on the bacteria involved, um, will contain vitamin K2. So for example, certain types of cheeses, Gouda and brie cheese are really high in vitamin K2. Even if the milk wasn't grass-fed, that doesn't matter. But the bacteria that make those cheeses make vitamin K2. So some types of fermented foods are another good source of vitamin K2. So Dr. Kate, I could see how a lot of people would be deficient in K2. A lot of people tend to eat just conventionally grown eggs, or I should say conventionally raised eggs Mm -hmm. and uh, animal proteins, animal fats. A lot of people are on low-fat diets, so when they eat their steak, they just cut away the fat because they're just afraid that that's going to cause something really bad to happen to them. And I could see, too, that a lot of um, vegetarians and especially vegans would be deficient in K2. Is that right? That's definitely the case, especially a concern for vegans, although the good news, well, it's sort of mixed news, but it really is ultimately good news for vegans, is that there is one vegan source of vitamin K2, and it just happens to be the highest known food source of vitamin K2, and that's an unusual Japanese fermented soybean food called natto, N-A-T-T-O. You can get this in Asian grocery stores. It's not that easy to find. Uh, It comes in these little containers you can defrost and and then eat. And it happens to be the highest known food in vitamin K2. So I actually encourage everybody to try to find it and eat it, um, as I write about in my book. Uh, But certainly vegans absolutely have to have this in their diet. And that will provide all the vitamin K2 they need. Okay, so then to kind of recap for our listeners, when we eat foods or take calcium supplements, calcium ends up in the bloodstream and part of the job of vitamin D is to help absorb that calcium into the bloodstream. Right. And then the K2 is to help get that calcium and put it in the right areas of the body. Exactly. Vitamin D helps us absorb calcium, but once the calcium is absorbed, vitamin D has no control over where the calcium goes. So the job of K2 is to take the calcium and direct it into your bones and out of your arteries and other areas that you don't want it. So is your book just for people who take calcium supplements? Oh, definitely not, because we know that, so even though the studies have shown recently, and what's really concerning is that studies show that people who take calcium supplements have a greater risk, far greater risk of heart attack and stroke because of the calcium building up in their arteries, we know that this calcification leading to hardening of the arteries, you know, heart disease, heart attacks and strokes, that can happen. It's in fact the leading cause of death whether or not you're taking calcium supplements. So basically, um, if you have a heart, if you have arteries, then this is a really important book for you. If you've been taking calcium supplements, you definitely want to know about vitamin K2. And if you've been taking vitamin D, because 
pretty much everybody is taking vitamin D and you're not getting all of the benefits of vitamin D and you actually may be risking some harm if you're lacking vitamin K2. So Dr. Kate, what are some of the symptoms of a K2 deficiency? Now, this is the tricky thing because the symptoms of a K2 deficiency may not be obvious until it's quite late. So, you know, to recap, if you're lacking in vitamin K2 and the calcium's not getting to where it should be, your bones can slowly be losing density or there can be plaque slowly building up in your arteries. But those kinds of things can progress for decades sometimes before you have a hip fracture or a heart attack. Those are definitely signs or symptoms of a K2 deficiency. Um, And so in other ways, K2 deficiency isn't obvious. Um, You know, if you have varicose veins or if you have a lot of uh, hard uh, tartar building up on your teeth, those can be signs of K2 deficiency and, and facial wrinkling as well. But other than that, it's not obvious. And studies have shown that K2 deficiency is actually quite widespread. And so uh, don't wait until you think uh, you may have a sign or a symptom, but uh, look into increasing your K2 intake. So you had mentioned that K2 is a fat-soluble vitamin. And fat-soluble vitamins, we have to be careful about getting, having them build up in the body to toxic levels. Is that true for K2? It's not actually true for K2 because K2 works differently than the other fat-soluble vitamins. It works in it by a different mechanism than vitamins A and D. And studies have shown uh, definitively that K2 is quite non-toxic. Okay, so when I read your book, Vitamin K2 and the Calcium Paradox, um, at the time that uh, you uh, printed that, there was no test to measure your levels of K2. So has that changed at all? It hasn't yet, actually. I really thought, I know that there's a group working on it, uh, and the, the tests that are being used to check for vitamin K2 levels are mostly being used in academic settings and studies, but they're not available to practitioners, and I thought that would be out by now, but I guess they haven't perfected it in a way that's affordable to practitioners. So uh, can't test for your K2 levels or sufficiency yet, but since studies show that um, K2 deficiency is widespread and K2 is non-toxic, you're safe to increase your dietary intake or to take a supplement. So who specifically should take vitamin K2? You mentioned people that have a tendency towards osteoporosis or osteopenia, which is kind of a weakening of the bone. That's right. And people that have um, chronic kidney stones and and people that have um, atherosclerosis or uh, placking in their arteries. That's right. Those would be, in terms of health conditions, osteoporosis, uh, family or personal history of heart disease are are the big ones, Uh, diabetes as well, cancer, tons of research about vitamin K2 and cancer, especially prostate cancer, uh, although prostate and lung cancer, which are the two big cancer killers of men. Uh, these are key people in terms of health conditions, but as well as I mentioned before, anybody who's taking a calcium supplement or a vitamin D supplement would benefit from taking K2. Now, when our listeners go out there now, they're going to go over to their health food store and look for K2 supplements. Is there anything they should look for specifically when they're buying a K2 supplement? Yes, definitely. There are two different types of vitamin K2 supplements that you'll find on the market. Well, actually, I should back up a little bit. 
look at the fine print on the label of the product and it should at least indicate if you're getting vitamin K1 or K2. You don't want to pay for vitamin K1 because um, you don't need to. It's very, very easy to get in the diet and almost impossible to be deficient. You want to be buying a supplement that has vitamin K2. Now, somewhere on the fine print of the label, it should say which type of vitamin K2. It'll either indicate MK, what's called MK4 or MK7. These are two different types of vitamin K2. Uh, they both work, but they need to be taken in very different doses so they work appropriately. If the supplement doesn't indicate what kind of vitamin K2 you're getting, don't buy it because you just don't know what you're getting. Um, in terms of uh, MK7, that form works in doses of about 120 to uh, latest studies are using about 180 micrograms, whereas the MK4 form, you want quite a bit higher than that. So uh, the latest studies are using uh, 1,500 micrograms, which is 1.5 milligrams or more. Even you can use that a few times per day. Um, so, you know, for, for Canadian consumers, uh, you can't get the MK4. The amounts you can get aren't worthwhile, so stick to MK7. For the American listeners, you can use either type. Uh, just want to get make sure you get the, the appropriate dosage. Wow, that's a huge difference. So to recap, you said MK7, the research says between 120 to 180 micrograms MCG. And then for the MK4, the research says 1,500 to about 3,000 micrograms MCG. Approximately, yeah. Okay. Can you tell us more about your book? Yeah, the, uh, my book was, you know, when I, when I learned about vitamin K2 and realized the importance of it and the, the role it had in the body to move calcium around that made so much sense, as well as, you know, the, the information about uh, children's health and prenatal health and cancer protection and prevention, I realized it was a really important nutrient that nobody was talking about. And given the concerns around calcium supplements that seem to be causing heart attack and strokes, as well as the um, sort of high-dose vitamin D bandwagon that so many people seem to be on. I'm not down on vitamin D, but it has its limitations if you don't balance it with, with the right other nutrients. That's when I realized that, you know, there was an important story that needed to be told and that vitamin K2 is really the missing piece to the puzzle of so many different health concerns. So, the feedback I get about my book is that it's easy to read, it's a page turner, and it, it provides the information that's you know, referenced with, with scientific evidence um, as well as being readable. So for our listeners out there, if you've had a history of cancer and you want to help with preventing cancer in the future, you should consider taking K2. Definitely. Yep. Cancer, uh, a prostate cancer is a big one that there's been a lot of research coming out lately. But, uh, you know, a large European study showed that the intake of vitamin K2 seemed to reduce by about 30% the incidence of cancer as well as death from cancer. That's a huge chunk. And incidentally, in this European study, the intake of K2 was determined by cheese consumption. So it would seem that cheese is a cancer fighter. In your book, you have uh, a chapter on uh, K2. Well, you have a chapter on all the health benefits of K2, but you talk about K2 for brain health. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are concerned about their health of their brain. They have like foggy brain or they have poor memory. 
Um, they have uh, maybe a parent or both parents that have dementia or Alzheimer's. Like a lot of people are concerned about how do I keep my brain healthy? That's right. And uh, cognitive health is a real interest of mine now and a passion of mine and something I'm focused quite a bit on. And it's an area where K2 shows a lot of promise for a few reasons. I think that we don't understand completely all of the roles of vitamin K2 in the brain, but we do know one major thing that it does is it seems to prevent the damage associated with uh, ischemia or loss of blood flow. So, you know, everybody's heard of a stroke. Everybody knows what that is. Everybody's heard even of TIAs or mini strokes. But it would seem that one factor in the aging and deterioration of our brain and the development of dementia is these ultra micro mini strokes. They're so small that they don't cause any obvious sign or symptom, but there's a brief period of a loss of blood flow that then damages the brain tissue. That's exactly what vitamin K2 has been shown to help prevent is um, damage, free radical damage in areas where there's been a lack of blood flow. So it shows huge potential promise for brain health on a number of levels, and that's just one of them. Oh, fantastic. So let's uh, jump from the brain to the kidneys. So you had mentioned chronic kidney stones, and uh, this is kind of a, a selfish personal question that I'm asking about kidneys because in my family, we have a family history of polycystic kidney disease, oh, and yes. I'm one in the family, one of the three kids that got that gene, and I have polycystic kidneys. So is there any research on K2 that is helpful for polycystic kidneys? Uh, I haven't seen the research on K2 for polycystic kidneys per se, although I just wrote a blog uh, for a, a dialysis website about the benefits of vitamin K2 for kidney health as well as for people on dialysis. Uh, really important for, well, the prevention of kidney stones to begin with, as well as for kidney function. Vitamin K2 deficiency and kidney function decline seem to parallel one another, and it has a number of other uh, benefits for uh, people with kidney disease. So that's great to know because a lot of people out there, they have a loved one that's going through dialysis, which is really grueling. My father was on dialysis for about three years before he finally got his kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the medical doctors are very wary about the patient using any form of supplements. I know I had my father on high-dose fish oil. And so now that's good to hear that vitamin K2 is also very necessary and needed and has been researched as safe for kidneys and uh, dialysis patients. Definitely, yeah. Actually, one of the most interesting recent studies about vitamin K2 as a decalcifier, in other words, clearing out arteries, was done on a group of dia fairly large group of dialysis patients, uh, showing really good results. So it is definitely a nutrient that's indicated uh, for kidney patients and dialysis patients, and the research is there to back it up. Okay, so let's switch gears one more time, and let's talk about fertility, because I never knew there was a connection between K2 and fertility. K2 is a really important nutrient for uh, fertility as well as healthy pregnancy, you know, growing healthy babies. And K2 has been shown to boost testosterone levels. A few studies in the last year have continued to support that. So that's important 
you know, obviously helpful for fertility for men. Uh, for women, the connection on fertility isn't quite as clear. However, we do know that when women are pregnant, that vitamin K2 plays a really important role in the development of the facial bones and the teeth and the skeleton of the growing fetus. So it is an, a, really a critical nutrient during pregnancy. So for our listeners out there, if you want to get more information on vitamin K2, I highly recommend you get Dr. Kate's book. So Dr. Kate, how can our listeners find out more about you and where can they find your book? And you mentioned earlier your blog. Where do they find that? That's right. They can reach me and my book and my blog at www.drkate.com nd for naturopathic doctor.com or even if you just google dr kate i should pop up and uh, my book is available there's there's a link through my website or you can get it on amazon or any of the uh, regular online or in-store book channels if they don't have it in store they can order it in for you so for our listeners out there i'll make sure that we have dr kate's uh, web address in our podcast notes so that you can find her quite easily. Dr. Kate, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it, and I really appreciate you spreading the word about vitamin K2 to your audience. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Kate Rayon Bleu. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.